All right, here we are for the Blue Mountain Champions Fantasy Baseball League Week 3 update. Brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. Um, I am one of the three members of Team Trump, Matt Kozlowski, joined by Shane Stein. Good to be here, Matt. And Kyle Stramera. Yep. All right, so i um, just going to give an update on our favorite Fantasy Baseball League 16-team mixed for four-team divisions. Um, it's week three. We're in, in the thick of it here now. Um, I mean, already we're seeing some separation in the standings here. So, Shane, what have you taken away so far from the standings, breakdown, first two weeks, stuff that you've seen so far? <sighs> well, let me just start off by saying, I mean, this is obviously my favorite league that I play in, uh, in three leagues this year. And this, this is the one that I spend the most time on. Um, look forward to the most every year. Uh, obviously, a lot of guys that we, most of us grew up together. Um, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of, a lot of good friends in the league. Um, but getting back to the baseball part of it, um, I think uh, the week one was very competitive. We had some interdivisional play, and then week two we start up our divisional divisional play two, three, and four, and week two just turned out to be blowout central. Yeah, it was a um, bloodbath. A um, lot, lot of beat, a lot of beatings getting taking place. Um, not a lot of good matchups in week two. Week one across the board was was pretty competitive, I thought, and that's kind of the one thing that I really enjoy about this league is generally the matchups are very competitive um, for the most part. Um, last week, for whatever reason, though, we just had some some real mismatches. A lot of a lot of double digit victories. We got Kyle. Yeah, I, mean, I think. The one thing that's looking more and more clear is how much better at fancy uh, Andrew is than us. Uh, he just his team is ridiculous. You don't be- you don't believe that? Stop! Stop being humble. You don't believe that for a second. I do I, believe that. I do too. Um, but I do believe that. I know Kyle <laughs> doesn't. The truth, no. Andrew knows so much more about baseball than I do. <laughs> I outwork him because he's too busy. That's what it comes down to. So I think that's how I can stay on the same playing field. Um, you know, it's we just go about it different ways. I, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't think I'm very good in this league. I mean, I've proven that I make the playoffs every year. Um, and I figured out how to be successful in this particular league. But you know, I just think Andy's a better fancy owner than me. Well, you very clearly, I think, outwork all of us. We know that. And I still stand that that was an impetus behind some of our voting <laughs> voting that went on this uh, this off season. But we'll see if we can eventually bend the rules back in our favor to uh, help us out <laughs> give us a fighting chance against you, Kyle. No, um, get, getting back to... What he said, I mean, I think it is pretty clear just at looking at the first two weeks. I mean, I had the unfortunate draw of having to play Andy in week one, and I'm just sitting there all week. I probably had one of my best streaming weeks that I've ever had in this league. I mean, I, I pulled the pushed the right buttons on about 10 different guys, and I still ended up losing 10 to 4. Um, I'm just sitting there hoping to get five, six wins when I play this guy. Um, I lose 10-4, and I wasn't even that upset about it. 
Because, uh, I mean, I feel like he's going to beat a lot of teams 10-4 this year. Yeah, safe to say Andy's a little pissed about what happened last year, not making, <laughs> not making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a clear case right now. <laughs> he, he is uh, very upset, and uh, it's just going to be a long year for the rest of us, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I sit here today, and I'm two and a half games back of Andy, and I know I'm playing him this week, so it's it's really important. Um, but I feel like I'm like 12 and a half games back instead of two and a half. Thanks. Shout out to Dave for the 14 uh, 14-0 beating last week to help me get back in the thick of things. <laughs> um, all right. Um, let's look, let's take a look at the breakdown here. And the breakdown is something that, you know, I look at every week to try and see where I match up in the course of a le- in the league. Um, at the bottom, we have Matt Burkhart, 11.5 in the breakdown. Actually, bottom of the breakdown today. Um, but when you combine the record and the, and the breakdown together, we have Burkhart at the bottom. Um, we ever going to see Burkhart turn this thing around? I'd like to think so. But if you, I thought this year was going to be the year that he possibly could. Um, all that draft cash. Um, had some decent players already on his team. Um, I don't want to take any shots at anyone, but I, I just feel like, I mean, you look at his roster right now, and George Contos is in it um, on the DL in his starting lineup. I mean, it just comes down to effort for me, I guess. Um, I know Burke's busy, so, but I mean, you got to. <laughs> Contos probably shouldn't be out. <laughs> Alright, we're, we're going off the rails here. Um, let's get back on track. At the top of the breakdown, um, Andy, and second is Billy. I think it's going to come down to those two. Kyle, you know, you're always a candidate to make some moves. But I think it's pretty clear the top three teams in the league are Andy, Billy, and Kyle. Yeah, there's they're no argument for me here. Uh, they're the, the top of the breakdown, and I think they're the three best teams. Uh, I'm not really sure on the order for two and three. I think it's pretty close. But, yeah, Andy, Billy, Kyle. The scary part about Andy's team, he hasn't even gotten Gong or Pollock back yet. Yeah, I don't know how much more we need to touch on this, but yeah, yeah it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Just a glutton of, of talent. Um, fourth in the breakdown, Shane. Fifth, myself. And then we got Muntz in the sixth spot. <clears throat> what do you guys think about Muntz's team this year? I kind of like what Muntz does. Um, pitching's pretty strong. Um, I think it's going to allow him to be pretty competitive throughout the season. Um, just like last year, though, it looks like uh, I don't know if he's going to have the power potential to to stay with some of the top teams. That was kind of uh, the same thing that happened to him last season. He had decent pitching. He stayed competitive. He had good bullpen work. He just didn't hit a lot of home runs, didn't have a lot of total bases, um, wasn't a whole lot of power on his team. Um, I, I feel like it's just going to play out the same way. I think he might be a little better this year, though, and 
I think he's going to turn some heads and, and surprise some people. Yeah, I think with his team, um, I mean, you hit it with his offense just doesn't excite me in any way. Um, he's, if, in my opinion, to be successful for him, he's going to have to part with one of those, you know, arms that he values so much. And, you know, I think there's going to be teams that are willing to pay a good price. I just don't know if it's in the same ballpark of how he feels about those guys. I mean, he really loves his pitchers, and they're good. They're very good. But uh, I just I think it's gonna he's gonna have to part with an arm, and I don't think he'll do it. So I, I see him having a similar finish to last year. Probably a good time to move Harvey. Do you guys think for him? Or maybe not yet, because he's kind of on the lower end of his value right now. Like Kyle said, I think he's got to move one of them. Uh, and I don't think he's going to move Cole. No. So, it, it, Harvey looks like it's going to be the guy for me. I don't I don't know what, what Cody's thinking right now, but I have to agree. I mean, at some point, you got to say, I need, I need a difference maker on offense. And... Obviously, you have the pitchers to make some kind of move happen. So, I think maybe this is the year that, that Muntz uh, makes a big move with one of his arms. Breaking news, Shane. Jose Altuve, fifth homer of the season. That's uh, that's good news for me. In a tight battle right now. He is the best power hitter on your team. And uh, it's not close. Unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> um, he leads my team in home runs. Um, just like Muntz, we are power hungry as well you had 12 homers last week though i did um i don't really know where they came from <laughs> um i think three of them came from altuve <laughs> edwin had two i think um, yeah but i mean i think we had three in week one which was really disappointing um and then we followed up with 12 so i'm not really sure where we're gonna lie there i think somewhere in the middle is a safe bet we're we're gonna be a a six seven home run team a week and that bum ryan howard hit you too that is true Hey, what do you guys think? Bino, seventh in the breakdown. Um, I can say that that was kind of unexpected, considering that I don't know if any of his keepers were starting players on opening day. So, Bino's actually, he did, I thought he did a nice job in the draft. Um, I actually have Bino tenth in the breakdown, so I'm, I'm wondering what you're looking at right now. I have uh, Zach as seven. Yeah, he's got a seven next to his name. That's why I said seventh. He's tenth. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> right. So yeah, so Zach is seventh in the breakdown. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But back back to Bino. I actually thought Bino had a nice draft as well. Um, obviously his his keepers situation wasn't the best, um, but he, he had a lot of money to spend and he knew he had to go get some players and he went out and did it. Um, whether that's going to be enough to overcome, because I, I think we can all agree um, that he probably had the worst set of keepers at, at, in the league. Yeah, I think he would tell you that too. Yeah. I think there's a sense of pride that he needs to let go of, honestly, of, you know, being willing to make moves before keepers are due. Like, he's always, I feel like, very set on what he's got. He says he's got a plan. And then, you know, he ends up dropping keepers. And this isn't every year that he's doing this, but I know he doesn't love his keepers as much as he claims he does. And I I could see him, if he would have made some, you know, moves right before the the keepers were due, you know, he could have had a really, really good team because he drafted very well. He went out and spent his money on some nice bats. Um, so, 
So you're saying he should have he should have traded for Ken Giles and Andrew Miller? Is that what you're saying from you? Because Andrew Miller would have been a great trade for him. Yeah. You know, seeing Giles wouldn't have been, but you know, just little stuff like that instead of you know keeping these guys that he knows he's going to end up dropping, like James Paxton. Like, there's not much exciting about him. You know, if if I was willing to move a guy like Andrew Miller for literally one dollar draft cash, why wouldn't you have taken that? Yeah, no, you definitely have a point there. Um, another team I want to talk about, our new owner, sure, Slump Busters. Tough go of things. He loses 11-1-2 to Billy last week, but um, I actually think sure has got a decent squad. Um, you know, he, he made the comment this week that he's looking to move some saves. I think that would be good on his part. Don't know what he'll get this early in the season for them, but... Um, you think sure turns things around here? Well, he takes over a team that was pretty good last year. Um, and I don't, I think it was just a, because of his first year in the league, um, I think he got pushed around in the draft a little bit. And I, I actually didn't like his draft. I liked his existing players. His keepers were pretty solid. Um, I, I just didn't like what he did in the draft. And, and he's going to be a guy that's, kind of searching for that power all year long as well. Uh, not not a lot of power bats on the roster. Um, but I, I think he's another team that's going to be pretty competitive throughout the year. Um, I think it was just, just a little bit of bad luck. He ends up, he's ninth in the breakdown, but record-wise, he's only 13th, I believe. So, a little bit unlucky right now. He has to play a team like Billy, who has a big week against him last week. And But being in that division, I, I think... I think he can be competitive with the other two teams in the division, so he could be right there in the thick of it when it uh, comes time to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's going to take, you know, this league takes some time, in my opinion, to feel out and understand, um, you know, just how to be successful. And I think you were right, Shane, in that he did get pushed around a little bit at the draft. And it's going to take some time, too. Like, I mean, Kaz, I'm sure you can speak to it. Being a new guy in the league, um, when you're trying to make trades, it's detrimental, you know, just to be a new guy that people don't know well. And I think that's going to hurt him this year when he does try and, and, and move some players. You know, I don't see him moving any saves successfully right now. You know, he threw it out there. It's a great idea, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, the, the hard part, I think, when you talk about making trades when you're kind of the new guy in the league is... You haven't built the relationships with the people and you don't know what they're thinking and you haven't um, necessarily had enough meaningful conversations with the guy, other guys in the league to know what they value, what they don't value. Um, and, you know, you just got to kind of catch someone at the right time to be able to make a deal because it, it is hard, I think, to make a deal in this league. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the guys that knows sure a little, probably not maybe not the most, but one of the guys that knows him pretty well. Uh, bringing him on board and right when he sends out the message um, obviously I wanted to see what he what he's looking for he, he said he, he wasn't wasn't really sure yet exactly what he's looking for he just knows that he's gonna have four closers on his team once Chapman gets back and obviously he's gonna want to move one of those guys somewhere um, obviously I wanted to see where his head was at I mean obviously I'm a guy that is looking for Maybe an, an extra closer. I'm not really set on what I have right now. Um, I just think it's hard at this time of the year 
to to maybe make a move for a closer right now. It's it's tough. Mo generally, they go at the deadline. I mean, that's that's kind of been the staple for, for this league. <clears throat> the other thing that's hard about making moves this early, as far as trades are, <clears throat> I, I'm I don't know necessarily where I fall in this, but I think sometimes it's hard to be the guy setting the market. Um, I know Bino did a really good job of it last year. He was the first one to sell, and I think he um, got some valuable pieces for his future. But then later on in the season, he ended up trading some keepers um, because he had already sold off a lot of his assets that he couldn't hold on to, like Tulowitzki. Um So I don't know if you necessarily want to be the first one to jump into the market, especially when you haven't made a trade before in this league because you don't want to make an offer like you don't want to make a low ball offer that pisses someone off but you also don't want to you know make a va make an offer that's um too high value and then you get ex that trade gets accepted right away and you don't you feel like you didn't do a good job making that deal it happened to me in my very first draft i gave caleb ten dollars draft cash in the draft for the fourth overall minor pick which i botched by picking jackie bradley but um I, I wasn't sure if $10 was <clears throat> a good price for the fourth overall pick, and sometimes you kind of got to feel out where these trades go before you're the first one to jump into the market. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, that's just something that's going to come with time. Um, you got to learn. I feel like this league is very unique in the fact that there's a lot of different personalities and a lot of guys like to go about things in a different way. I mean, I guess that's what makes most leagues exciting, but... You just have to learn which guys like like to do what and uh, who's going to be looking for the, those kind of guys and making those kind of moves. Um, that's just something you're going to learn with time. <clears throat> um, getting back to the standings here, two other teams catch my eye. First one is our commish, Zach. He sits 14-9-5 right now. He's had two really tough weeks, 7-3-4 um, against a good Manifest Destiny team from Frank. And then a 7-6-1 against Caleb in week one where they both had monster weeks. And I think it was just unfortunate for Zach. He came up on the winning end of the matchup, but I think against any other team he would have had a really good week. Yeah, um, obviously being in my division, uh, he's one of the teams that I, I take a look at often. I mean, I, I pretty much eat, sleep, and breathe this league all day long. <laughs> um but yeah, he's one of the teams that I I, actually, I look extra at, and he's also a nice little start here, um, putting up some some real good numbers. The thing about Zach is, I, I always think of him as having one of the better pitching staffs in the league, and I don't really feel that that's any different this year. Um, just getting to play him all the time, you get kind of get to know the guys in your division, what what the matchup's gonna be like. And I know whenever I play Zach, I mean, I'm gonna have to pitch really well if I want to compete, and I'm usually gonna have to take uh, take the offensive categories um, but this year it looks like his offense is, is doing some work so far so um, certainly off to a nice start and I mean he, he's going to be a tough team to beat it looks like in, in our division yeah Zach got Cano for 42 Kyle you were interested in Cano you went with Votto for 49 is it too early to say you regret that right now Joey Votto's off to a slow start Fan, 
<clears throat> I guess I don't hate it yet. Uh, Joey Votto is great at hitting. He'll figure it out. I'm not this two thirteen average he's putting up is not not concerning anymore. All right, and then the other team I wanted to check on what you guys thought. Um, the Fanatics, Adam Kempfert, he's sitting there nine sixteen and three right now. Um, after you gave him a nice little beatdown, Kyle, uh, last week, but we all really liked what Adam did with his draft too, and he's got some of the better keepers in the league with Chris Bryant um, and George Springer. So, you think Adam has a chance to turn it around here? Well, this is a team that we were all pretty high on in the in the beginning of the year. I think just talking before the season started. Um, a lot of good pieces to start his team around. Um, I think Adam's going to be really competitive. He, he just has a lot of good players. Once again, it just comes down to, to for decision-making for me um, and, and whether or not he, he's going to put in the effort to, to be a competitive team. Um, I think certainly think there's a talent there that he, he can certainly com- compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think looking at our score uh, that we had last week does his team much justice. You know, there were a handful of categories that were extremely close that I happened to just take on Sunday. So I, I don't yeah, I don't think it's fair to, I guess, judge him off of that score, his record. I think he's going to make some noise this year. He's and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way to the other people in my division, but he's the one I'm worried about. He's the guy that I think can win our division if I'm not going to get it done. Yeah, you were definitely sweating that matchup out last week. You know, we talked about it a lot in text, and Adam's pitching staff was throwing up zeros left and right to start the week off, and then, like you said, Sunday you just made a nice comeback, and it turned out being a little more lopsided than Adam probably deserved, but, you know, sometimes that happens happened to me in week one. I was kind of beating up Frank most of the week, and then he caught me on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the weekend the weekend for me always seems to make or break every matchup. Yeah, that's one of the good things I like about this league. It seems like every matchup really comes down to, to Sunday. I mean, it really does. I mean, you'd think uh, over the course of the, the week that some teams would pull away, but there's usually – in every matchup, about three or four categories that are up for grabs on that last day, um, at least. And, I mean, no difference so far this year. Um, but, yeah, I think Adam would be the team uh, that I'm most worried about if I'm you as well, Kyle. Jordan's off to a nice start here as well. Um, and, obviously, he took the division last year, so you can't really sell him short yet. All right, um, that kind of wraps up what I wanted to talk about in the standings, unless there's anything else you guys saw of interest. We didn't really touch on every team. No, just in general. I mean, I know it's really super early, but I just felt like I wanted to go ahead and I feel like we have – Philly's going to win his division. Um, I, I think that's – I don't think anyone's going to argue with me on that. Uh, I just wanted to get, pick your guys' brains on the division races. Um, once again, I feel like my division is going to be the one that comes down to the wire the most. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I think it's going to be a three-team race between uh, myself, uh, the Commish, Kingdom Come, and Manifest Destiny. We had a great three-team race last year. Uh, I don't think really think it's going to be any different this year. Um, 
I think Kyle takes his division pretty handily. And then I think Ball takes your division. Um, I'm not sure how long you're going to be able to stay with him. I think you'll keep it close. But like we said, I, I just think he's in a little bit of a different league right now. Yeah, I'm just hoping I can grind and keep it close. Um, you know, throughout the course of the year, maybe there's some weeks where, you know, I catch him on an off week and he doesn't have as good of a matchup against, like, maybe a Kyle or a Billy and maybe I make up some ground. But, yeah, I definitely have an uphill battle in our division this year. <clears throat> yeah, speaking to the topic you brought up, Shane, I think you're pretty accurate what you were saying. Your division is definitely going to be a race between you three. Uh, it just tends to be that way. You got three owners there that I think put in the time um, to try and win, you know, on a daily basis. And so you're going to have a close competition when you have three guys that are willing to do that. And then, you know, talk about, you know, the Jim Edmonds division with Andy. I mean, we've gassed him up enough. I don't need to say it anymore. But, um, you know, I think Kaz, like, he works hard and, you know, is sneaky in some moves that he may make. And, I mean, why not, uh, you know, Andy gets unlucky a couple times. I think that division might be a little closer than we're planning it off to be. Um, You know, you play everybody, so you really just, you know, worry about how that matchup's going to go this week when you play them and then when you see them again later. So if you can keep it close this week and make some moves – I could see you potentially, you know, sneaking that one out. Yeah, you so got... I think runs away with his division, and I'm worried about Adam. You got to take care of business against the the teams that are weaker that are going to be selling some of their players as they get out of contention. Um, you know, Day runs into some bad luck with the Schwarber injury, Solarte's on the DL, and he already had some guys on his DL, so... I kind of got lucky last week in the sense that I was playing up two or three guys on him. Um, and if you can catch guys on those good weeks and take advantage of it, I think that's what sometimes makes or breaks your standing. Yeah, that's that's one of the, the interesting things. I mean, <clears throat> depending on who, who you play when. Um, obviously, the, the first week I, I, I ended up playing ball, I had a, an okay week. But, I mean, you, you play a guy that has a great week and you lose 10 games. Um, then the next week I, I have the best week I'm probably going to have all year. And I end up getting 13 wins against Burkhart. Unfortunate for him. I mean, if he plays someone else, maybe he only loses 8, 9 games instead of 13. I mean, it's a big difference depending on who you play. Um, one thing I actually wanted to ask you guys. I know it, maybe it's just because of the division we play in. Um, it seems like it's been a three-team race often between me, Zach, and Frank. Um, does your strategy change at all when you guys play in your divisional matches? Because I know for me that it does. Um, I, I kind of like to take the approach when I'm playing, uh, especially Zach and Frank, um, of just making sure that I, I, I don't get blown out. Um, I mean, I know that's easy to say. I mean, obviously, you're not trying to get blown out any week. But I, I really try to make it, a if I can, to win five, five, six categories at worst, and and try to be more conservative. Um, I, I just want to keep the, keep in that race as long as possible. I don't know. Just want to get your feel. I think I know where you guys are going to go with it, but go ahead. Um, I I agree with you. You know, when I play the guys in my division, especially Andy, I'm trying to keep it at worst to a five-seven-two game. 
Um, I work a little harder that week against him. Stream a little more than I may in, in other weeks. Um, but when you lose to someone in your division, especially with how, how much weight winning a division carries in this league, um, I think you got to make sure that you don't get separated in those matchups. So, yeah, I, I definitely treat it a little differently. Um, I don't know if this is going to come to surprise or not, but I don't necessarily weigh it any differently. Um, <clears throat> I and when I say this, I don't, I don't say it in thinking that you guys don't play the same way, but every week I'm trying to win every category I can. And I know you guys are the same way, obviously, but um, in that sense, it's not really any different for me. Uh, you know, I've been lucky and have worked hard to have a team that is pretty successful with, you know, I don't know that I would need to change my lineup much to, to win a lot of games just with my offense. Um, so it's the same for me. I, I stream guys and the pitching and I keep my hitting guys in there. So there's not really a crazy strategy to the way I try and play. The, the one thing that you and Andy do on draft day better than everybody else, in my opinion, is and I'm trying to change, but it's hard. Um, you know, we have 25-man rosters. You guys don't go into draft day drafting 25 players. You guys go into draft day drafting 20 or 21, knowing that there's going to be four or five spots on your roster that are going to be fluid throughout the season almost every day. Um, and I think that's something that we could all learn from you guys. Um, you know, going that extra dollar for a top player, and not necessarily worrying about saving money so they can get a decent middle infielder. I mean, if you get the 13th best middle infielder rather than the 16th best middle infielder, did you really make that big of a difference? Um, but when you get a guy like maybe Joey Votto at first base instead of a guy like Hill Park or Lucas Duda, because um, you were willing to kind of overlook those last bottom spots, I think that's something you guys do really well. I think that's the big difference in the drafts. I mean, it's really, it really is. Um, I think it's kind of telling that there's no secret. You need to go out and get top talent at the draft and then kind of be okay with realizing there's going to be a couple spots on my roster that I need to be able to move in and out. Yeah. Um, just, it's just the way it is. I mean, when it gets down to the, especially in a 16 team league where <clears throat> the guys that we're picking up on free agency waivers, there's not much difference there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're kind of just throwing a dart, trying to get lucky on that day, picking a best matchup, um, and th there's really not going to be a much ta much talent gap as far as finding guys there. So you want to go out and get the top guys and then have those couple extra spots to be, be able to rotate throughout the season. Yeah, and I'm not trying to blow your strategy, Kyle, but I mentioned that. I just think it's something I've taken notice of. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's definitely something I think about going into the draft. I know... I mean, I've talked with you guys about it a little bit. I, I don't think there's a lot of value in those last couple spots. Um, but then there's guys in our league that do a really good job with those last couple spots with Zach. Like, I think Zach always spends his money really wisely at the end of drafts. Like, he does, you know, spend his money on those guys and has $1 players, but he always has a good strategy for those $1 players. Um, and seems to hit a lot. Uh, so, just a, just a thought. All right, since you are the notorious trader in our league, um, I wanted to talk about some guys that we think 
you know, looking at our crystal ball, maybe moving at some point this year because I know for the three of us, it's never too early to talk about trades. Um, I'm sitting here thinking about deals every day. I tr- I offer one or two a week. Usually, end up withdrawing them before they even get seen. Um, but it's always something on my mind, and I know it's the same for both of you guys. So I'm curious to hear guys that you think uh, between the two of you could be moved at some point this year, and if you're willing to also share what you think the value is for those players right now. Yeah, I started thinking thinking about trades about day three of the season when I realized my, my offense is not going to be up to par. Um, I need to go out and find a bat, so I'm always looking for for guys that possibly might be on the move. And I guess the, I'll start it off here. The first name that comes to mind, um, Jay Bruce is a guy that I feel is going to get moved this year. Um, last year of his contract. Um, I don't know that Tom is going to be in the thick of the playoff race. Maybe he is, but just the whole situation smells to me that Bruce is going to be on the way out of uh, the Molloy boys. So Jay Bruce is the guy for me. I haven't really put much thought into an offer for him. Um, The way he started out the season so far, I feel like Jay Bruce has to command at least a, at least a first round draft pick, probably more. Wow. That's more value than I thought. I love Jay Bruce, um, but because he is a guy that is in the last year of his contract, there's not a lot of wiggle room for Tom, in my opinion, to get the value that maybe his play will deserve. At best, I'm throwing a third-round pick at him for him, and it's probably not going to get it done because someone will pay more, but... I just when your hands are tied, I'm not going to overpay, and I think you're right. There's no doubt he gets moved. I mean, he has no reason to hang on to him uh, as long as he gets something better than that compensation pick, which would be any kind of pick higher. All right, let me let me rephrase my thing. I think that he's going to end up getting a first round pick for him. Um, might be a little high, but just. Thinking of the situation, obviously, we know Tom probably is going to have to move him, so he doesn't really have a choice. But, I mean, if he keeps at this pace, someone's going to pay up for him. Um, Even if he doesn't keep at this pace, he's a 25 home run guy, and they do not come easily in this league. Um, The guys that have the 25 home run guys are usually at the top, and they're not moving them. So if you're a guy that has one of them and you're at the bottom... I think you can command a decent a decent price for them. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty clear that Bruce is going to move. Who you got, Kyle? I have a really long list of names here, actually. I do as well, uh, so let's, let's rapid fire. All right, uh, another guy from his team, Adam Wainwright. Uh, I think Yuck. He, he doesn't fit Tom's mold of the future um, I think once he has a couple good starts he's going to get thrown out there and get moved I, I think he's got to do it on his first good start because I don't think there's going to be many of them well there's no doubt in my mind that Wainwright is moving uh, I tried to buy him before the draft um, and I think Tom's exact words were my plan with Wainwright is 
to watch him dominate and then sell high. <laughs> um, it was something along those lines. So I don't know. We haven't obviously we haven't seen Wainwright dominate yet, so not going to be sold anytime soon. Um, he needs to get back to that number one starter level for to get anything that Tom's expecting. Um, he was one of the big pickups last year. He gets some in free agency actually um, at that five dollar price tag, which is nice. Now Kyle got him and traded him to him. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right. Kyle. Uh, Kyle was the one that snagged him at four in the morning or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, win rate's on the way out. Um, as far as what he's gonna get in return for him, unknown at this point. Um, he hasn't looked like Adam Wainwright yet. Um, if he returns to ace form, I gotta believe that Wainwright's going for more than Bruce. Yes, if he returns, but I don't think he's going to. Uh, well, think... uh, Henry Owens got turned out. You you offered him Owens for Wainwright. That's yeah. uh, pretty much what I offered him in the off season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe a little more, <laughs> and did not get it done. Um, I got a list of three guys here from one team that I think will get moved: Howard Pujols, Jason Hayward, Nelson Cruz. I don't see Justin making the playoffs this year, so those are three guys that I don't think have the keeper value that we'll get thrown back at somebody else. I agree. All three of those guys are going to get moved. My question, just a quick follow-up on um, O'Brien's team. I think we all, and I think him too, if you ask him, I think he, he's not playing for this year. How soon is too soon to offer him a trade offer for those guys? Obviously, you want to, his team's been okay. You want to respect the fact that he's, he wants to play out the next couple weeks, see where it goes. Um, Especially with eight teams making the playoffs this year, but you know if you're if you're being realistic, I think you want to make him an offer for some of these guys. When are you guys going to think about doing it? Well, obviously I've been thinking about it, but just like you said, I mean it's just so early. Um, obviously, if you can get him to move him right now, you want to. I, I just think he's going to let it ride out for a little bit before he sells these guys. Um, I feel like I kind of set the precedence of selling early a few years ago. Um, I don't think everyone was too happy about it. Um, I think guys are more likely to, to play it out closer to the deadline now with the maybe with the eight, with the eight teams making the playoffs. Maybe it does make a difference, um, and teams are willing to to go deeper into the season, hanging on to their guys. But yeah, I think all, all three of these guys get moved, and I want to say they're gone by June. Um, I'm thinking closer to the deadline. He is he's competitive. He wants to play. Um, he wants to check his team. You know, he makes moves when he is out of it. I don't see him moving these guys right away. I think the wheels are going to have to really fall off them and do it. Was it week six that he sold last year, I want to say? It was early. I think yeah, the other Tulo deal, I believe, was like week six, week seven. And that that's one reason why I jumped really high to get Tulo. Probably paid too much, but if you can add an impact player in week six um, with 12 weeks in the regular season left to go, or, or what, however many weeks we play now, I think it's something that you got to really consider. Um, you know, if you're selling a closer like Brandon is right now, you're not going to get top value, but if you're selling an impact bat, 
in week six, I think you'll have a chance to get pretty good value just because of the the impact that that player's going to have on that team for an extended period of time rather than just a couple weeks closer to the deadline. Yeah, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I mean, when when is the appropriate time to do it? I mean, you, you want to stay competitive, and you, know, you don't want to wait too long where maybe one of these guys gets hurt or something and, and you just, you're not able to move them at all. But there is, is some validity into, you know what, if I'm the first guy to, to sell and I can sell a guy like Nelson Cruz right now and get back a huge profit, why not do it? If you really feel like you're not going to be competitive, why not get max value right away if you can? Yeah, I think you either want to be first or last in the market uh, to sell your players. You either want to be the first person to say my guys are available and have everyone chomping at the bit to make a deal or you want to be the last one and you know when everyone's kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel you're the guy to bring some new fresh names in so I think that's the goal as a seller either be first or last to announce you're selling alright here's another name and I feel like this guy's going to be in the trade market most seasons if he's not on a winner right away uh, Troy Tulowitzki was uh, one of the big <clears throat> big trade pieces moved last year um, obviously you paid up big for him cause uh, he's on Burkhardt's squad this year off to another bad start for the sluggers sorry Burke um, but Tulowitzki gets moved again this year um, I don't think he's going to carry the same price tag he did last year um, no definitely not what are you guys thinking yeah I, I mean I have a list of guys from his team because again I'm, I'm taking a look at who I don't necessarily think is going to make the playoffs and um, so I wrote Tulowitzki down. I wrote David Price down. I wrote you Darvish down. I think you might be able to get something for Darvish at some point um, when he comes back. So I can't imagine he wants to keep him again for what forty three dollars it was. Um, obviously, honest mistake, I guess you could call it that. Um, didn't want to pay that price, obviously, is what he said. So uh, yeah, I think Tulowitzki's value is down this year. I mean, we saw it in the draft. He didn't go for nearly as much as I expected it might have gotten to. Um, so, yeah, I see the price tag for him being low. I think he gets a ton for David Price. Yeah, I agree. I thought about what Price could do for my pitching staff and just not ready to get in that bidding war with you guys yet because I think you'll, you're two that are going to be eyeing him up if you haven't already. Um. <clears throat> I really don't like David Price this year, so I'm probably not going to make a big offer on him. Um, <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll be making a really ridiculous offer to Burkhardt for David Price. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of people in on that one. It's going to be exciting to see what happens. Um, that, that could get that could get Kershaw of a couple years ago ugly between a couple people. Kyle, I still have nightmares about the offers I was making how bad my team would be right now if I had actually gone through with it. Yeah, I miraculously made that deal, and so I ended up being all right. So, I mean, I look at the names that I threw out there and gave them all the picks. I, I mean, I still don't have first, second round picks next year. Um, <laughs> still paying for Kershaw, who's not on my team. But, you know, I, I always just go back to the fact that I moved Kershaw this past year for two pieces that really helped me win the championship. So... When you hang a banner, I guess you you live with those consequences. 
hashtag subtle dig at everybody else right there. <laughs> Humble brag. I mean, it, it is and it isn't. I don't know. I mean, I'm happy I won. I'm not, I haven't really thrown a lot of shade at people for winning. You know, I think there's some disappointment at the draft that I didn't come marching in like Billy did when he wins. Um, but I guess it's just the mentality of, yeah, we won, but I want to win again. So I don't, I'm not going to spend too much time bragging about it. Here's an interesting name for you guys that uh, I wrote down. Um, Adam Jones. Uh, I think he gets moved. As soon as Phil came into the league, I told him that I think that now is the time to move Adam Jones. And I actually wasn't even necessarily meaning to me. Um, I felt like it was about as high as Adam Jones was going to get. And I think I might have been right on that one. Um, and now I, I think you got to try to get rid of him and see what you can get for the guy. Uh, I, I think there's still me, there's still going to be some buyers out there in the market for Adam Jones. Um, I think he could have got really good value last year. And I think he can get decent value this year. I still think he can get decent value because Jones, um, his contract doesn't expire till next season. So um, the nice thing about Jones is even though he's seems to be declining in talent, um, he's still a regular uh, hits third in a very good offense. Um, and we all need to start <clears throat> four outfielders and a utility spot. So if you're adding Adam Jones to your team, um, close to the trade deadline, I think you're going to get um, a nice impact there. So I still think he gets a nice return. Obviously not what he would have done if he would have been uh, in K5 out of 8 out of his contract. So um, I think Jones will move too. And um, I think he does well in this deal if he's able to move him. Yeah, I got a, I got a list of guys here um, from my team. Um, that are, I think will get moved um, all too close to all of my minor league players and picks will be traded this year at the spring. <laughs> um, it's just the way I go about business I guess I try and move all my assets to try and win and then I try and get assets back to then move to keep doing it over and over again so I see all that getting moved and then um, you know McCutcheon and Gomez are some names I'm going to shop this year and we'll see what kind of value I get back and I'm happy to hang on to them if I have to but those are two guys that I could see on the move from my squad. At what point do we as a league just decide that we're done trading with you and will you call collusion if that happens? Um I guess if I'm making offers and people are all saying no to everything, I'd be pretty upset. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd get really annoying and just grind until I got a yes, I guess. In all so. serious, in all seriousness, though, we, we've had this discussion where it is a viable strategy. Your team is obviously very good. Um, you, do, you always seem to do a really good job in the trade market. Um, it is a viable strategy for teams to say you know what let's stop trading to this guy <laughs> and hopefully make him build his own team with what he's got instead of um i guess like get just getting assets from other from other teams 
Um, maybe that's a way to slow slow you down a little bit. I, I, I honestly don't mean it maliciously. I'm not trying to take a dig at you or anything. I mean, your team is obviously very good, and you seem to win a lot of the trades that you make. So, I mean, I, I have to see it as a, as a strategy for teams to be like, you know what, let's stop trading with this guy and make him sort of build his team from, from the ground up. Yeah, I mean, as, as many as trades, I mean, you mentioned all the trades I, I do well, and there's definitely trades I don't do well. And, you know, I, I mean, I mentioned it with you guys when we were, we were in that big group text just talking about the trades that I've made. Um, I think it, it just goes back to if you cast enough nets, you're going to catch fish. And so I really I throw out a lot of trade offers. Some stick, some don't. Some say yes and they're awful. Some say yes and you know they're awful the other way. So um, I just think when you trade as much as I trade, it's going to make it look like I'm a great trader. I mean, there's definitely ones that I win, but I don't think that's the consensus every single time. And you got so it. I don't see it happening that people would want to stop trading because there's plenty that I lose. The one thing I'll say is. When you want a player, you will pay over market value. Always. Um, so, I think that's that's the tough part with you is that you do make sometimes you make good, really good offers that you there. That I go back to the Arenado deal it was impossible for me to turn that down because no one knew Arenado was going to be the player he is right now. Um, you did apparently, but you made me an offer that. I felt like I couldn't refuse, and you know, shame on me for being wrong. But it is what it is. Yeah, I think probably Shane could probably echo the same thing for Harper. Like, you know, I give him a hard time for it, but at the time, he got a lot of good pieces to make the run he wanted to make, and Gardner was out of his mind at that moment. So he couldn't have seen him falling off that hard, and I'm sure there's not really too many regrets with that. No, I, I obviously take some flack for the for the deal. I mean, obviously Harper's an outstanding player. Um, I felt like the deal that I made was going to help me win the championship last year. Um, that's why I made the move. I had one goal in mind, and that was to win last year. And I thought I had a team good enough to do it. And my team just didn't play as well as I wanted them to at the end of the year. And that's what it comes down to. Um, I felt like the move that I made at that time put me in a spot where I could win. Um, I didn't win, so obviously there's it's easy to look back and say, hey, I regret it. Obviously this year, yeah. From the future now, I'm obviously regretting regretting the move, but at the time, uh, I felt like the move helped my team to get in a position where I, I could win. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I think when we... And I mentioned this to Kaz when we were going back and forth about my trades because there was a long-winded text of, you know... You rip everybody off, you're a shark, this and that. I just think that, you know, with a lot of the trades that have happened, there is viable explanation for why guys are doing these things. And um, so I, I just don't, I don't know that it's fair to say that. I don't know. I get lucky sometimes with trades, I guess, is what it comes down to. All right. Um... I think we can wrap up the trading section, and I think we'll we'll know more guys that are going to be available throughout the season. Um, last thing I'm going to get from you guys is some predictions for how things are going to shake out. 
Um, you can make them bold if you want, um, but you know, feel free to just make some predictions. It's time to have some fun here. All right. First of all, I'm going to apologize for for my comment earlier about about George Contos. Sorry, sorry that we had to laugh so much. I love you, Burkhart. Um, but my first one here is going to be about your squad. You are going to miss the playoffs by 50 games this year. Um, I think it's going to be a bad year in Sluggerville. Um, I know we, we like to rag on Burke. He hasn't made the playoffs. Um, we thought maybe this was going to be the year. Uh, it's not going to be the year. Um, I, I just don't see a lot happening in, in Steeltown this year. He's just in a, he's in a tough division. You got three teams that seem to be good, just about every single year. Um, it's just hard. And I, I fifty games may be a lot, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna make a <clears throat> a prediction, um, just because. And I think what you just said, Shane, is definitely a possibility. I'll move on to the next prediction. Um, my prediction is Cos wins the division, upsets Andy, wins the division. Andy still makes the playoffs easily, but Cos wins the division. Thanks for the bullseye. Appreciate that. Andy, go get him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that one happening, but uh, I, I think uh, the Matadors are in 07 Patriots FU mode right now. Um, yeah, it's not, that one's not happening. No offense. That's fine. I'd rather be underappreciated and undervalued anyway, so. <clears throat> what do you got? Um, when the end of the year is all said and done, the Beantown Bombers will be three-time champions. That would be their third, yeah. Um, Kyle, you've won twice, right? Yes, sir. So they will match Andy with their third title in Beantown this year. Andy has three? Yep. Yeah. Okay. thought he had two. Um, it's a good segue into mine because my next one will be <clears throat> the McKeensburg Matadors. I know we've talked about them a lot will not lose a matchup all season long. Um, that includes regular season and postseason play. I don't know how you're going to beat this squad. Um, he has legitimately five number one pitchers on his team uh, to go along with an offense that is missing two really good players right now and still performing well um, with Jung Ho Gong and A.J. Pollock out right now. Um, had Got to witness it firsthand in week one. Did everything I could, and it's just going to be really tough to beat this guy. It really is. Well, right now it's six, seven, one in our matchup, so I'm going to give it a, a good, healthy run of it this week. So we'll see. Obviously, this one is, is pretty outlandish. I, I'm obviously I don't think this has ever happened before. I don't know. I don't know for a fact, but it's obviously really hard to not lose once all season. Um, just by sheer luck. I mean, you're going you're going to usually eventually lose, but. I just think Andy's team is really good. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be tough. I think my best season, and it probably wasn't the best season ever. I lost I think one matchup and tied several. Uh, 
a few years back when I won it. Um, I'll make a prediction for naming champions. Stallions, first back-to-back champions. That's not true. <laughs> no? Uh, Andy won my first two years in the league. All right, fine. Second back-to-back champions. <laughs> <laughs> winning, guys. I'm winning. I'm going for it. And if you're not picking yourself, well, that's just sad. I don't know that it's sad. I mean, I look at my roster and I look at teams that are ahead of me in the standings right now, and I just don't see my, my roster matching up with a few of the teams in the league. So, I mean, it's tough to make an honest assessment and say that I'm going to be able to match up with Andy right now or I'm going to be able to match up with you or Billy at the moment. I think you're right in saying that it's tough to make an honest assessment. I can't honestly ever assess my team. I love my players more than anyone else does. And so, with that, I'll stick with me. Um, Alright, my, my last bold prediction is that uh, Tom Visser will not have the first pick in next year's minor league draft. Um, I like Tom's team. He's got some players, got some young players that he's going to be able to hold on to that will keep him competitive throughout the year. Um, and I also... Don't think he's going to trade as many of these guys as we think he's going to because he just can't take on more minor league assets. He's just about capped at what he can carry through the next year. So um, I think Tom stays competitive long enough with the guys that he does have, and I don't think he will have the first overall pick in next year's minor draft. It's an interesting one. I have one more for you guys. Um, the Charleston Chodes will make their first playoff appearance this year, uh, taking advantage of the new eight-team format, and I think they sneak into the eighth spot. No, so good good year for Cody coming this year. I think I think he gets into the playoffs this year. Gets off the schneid. Who are your eight playoff teams that you think are going to make the playoffs? Um, as of right now, I I, apologize, I have to apologize to the league. I didn't didn't make my preseason predictions. I'll have to maybe I'll get a week three preseason predictions piece out um but i have the matadors winning their division i have i have the bombers stallions desperados i have myself kingdom come destiny and the chodes did i miss someone no that's eight who do you think contends for that eighth spot with cody uh, I think th- I think there's gonna be a couple teams. I, I like uh, I like Jordan Revolution. I uh, I just think I don't know. I, I feel like they've been lucky at this point a little bit. Um, I think the Fanatics stay there are close, and Fick. I think uh, the Dutch Oven, even though it's been a slow start, um, can can get back into contention. I just don't like the fact that the divisions they play in. So no love for Day, Bino, Sure, Tom. Or Burkhart. Not at this moment. Sorry, fellas. Alright. I think uh, next bold prediction is we move to a format where 16 teams make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, what are we going to have? Like the quadruple bye for the one and two seeds? I hate the double bye. I'm just kidding. Um, 
I just I don't like moving to eight. I voted for it just because everyone else was going to. Um, that's the only reason why I make that comment. I prefer seeing making the playoffs a more difficult, prestigious thing to do. Um, or this year, there are teams like Philly, like Andy, that really don't have to touch their roster to make the playoffs. Like yourself. No, I need, I need to touch my team because pitching would kill me otherwise. I think those are more well-rounded. I need to make moves to my pitching rotation. Otherwise, I wouldn't name myself. My pitching is so bad. It's ridiculous. It'll get better. We all know. All right, that's all I got. Anything else from you guys? Nah, just, just really excited to uh, get the league started back up again. Obviously, week three now, getting, in, getting into the swing of things. Um, always going to be interesting to see how things play out in this league, especially it's my touched on before my favorite league to play in. Always look forward to it every year. Um, and good luck to everyone out there. Hopefully you guys listen and, uh, maybe we'll get some guys on the show throughout the year. We'll have a couple more and, uh, keep things exciting for everyone. Yeah. That was my next comment I was going to make is we want to have some of you guys on the show with us and talk about the league and what you guys think about. Um, and some moves you guys have made and what you're doing well with and what you want to get better at and, you know, um, how we can try and stop Kyle from his string of dominance here. So if you want to be on the podcast, um, just hit one of us up and we'll try and schedule it out. Kyle, you good? Yeah, I'm just, I love talking about this league. Um, I think it's clear everyone knows how much I love the league by the amount of time I spend on it. And, you know, I'm excited just for this podcast to, to keep going, talking about this league and get some of you guys on to, to talk about what your thoughts are. Cause you know, life is busy and I think it'd just be fun to catch up and see, you know, what's been going through your mind as you own this team in the league. All right. Signing off for our blue mountain champion fantasy baseball league week three recap. I'm Matt Kozlowski. Thanks to Kyle and Shane for joining me this uh, this week, and we look forward to talking with some of you guys in the future. Take care.